Well, poor old Bert, he had a few problems, didn't he? He wasn't very, uh, wasn't very organized, wasn't very thoughtful as to how he used his torch. And uh, I thought we'd think a little bit about light this morning for a few minutes. And I've got my box of tricks over here, which has got all sorts of different lights in here. So who wants to have a look in and see what they can find in this box? The front row look very keen. You're well positioned for this, so pick a light. Oh, okay, we'll go for that one first, shall we? All right, and you're going to pick that one up. You grab that one, hold on tight. Very good. And if you, oh yeah, a late bid here. You hold that one there. Very good. So, put that one down there. So we've got, just sit down there for a minute. So we've got a torch. Maybe it's a bit like, well, Bert had a head torch, didn't he? But this is a, a proper torch, a nice, nice powerful torch and I can shine it and it would help me see the way. If I was going on a night hike, it would be fantastic for showing the way. But the problem is that this torch, after a few hours, what would happen to it if I kept it on the whole time, yeah? It would run out of battery. It would run out of battery, that's right. So it's brilliant for a while, but it runs out of battery. Now what else have we got? We've got this one here, this, this light here. So this is my desk lamp, and uh, I'm just going to switch it on. Doesn't seem to be working. Maybe if I go over here, it'll work better. Do you, do you want to press the switch and see if you can get it to work? What's, what's wrong? What? Yeah? It's run out of battery. Okay, I'll, I'll see if I've got some spare batteries. I need to plug it in. Oh, right, okay. Plug. I'll go over here, I think. So this might work a bit better. Oh, yeah, it does. You're right, you're clever. I'll come to you when I have question, difficult situations to resolve. So I can, I can switch my lamp on. I can put it up there. And it could shine brightly for hours and hours and hours. And days and days and days. But eventually, one of two things might happen. First of all, the bulb might eventually go. And secondly, we might even have a power cut. I went to a football match once. It's a big match. It's Bristol City against Liverpool in the FA Cup. And it was down at Ashton Gate in Bristol. Bristol City don't play teams like that very often. And um, halfway through the game, Bristol City were doing really well. It was one all. And all the lights went out. And we all had to go home. But don't worry, we came back next week, got a draw again, had a replay, and we won at Anfield. Hooray! Well, two people cheered, Adrian and uh, who was the second one? I'm not sure. Boo? What do you mean, boo? But even the things we expect to work with, with lights, they don't always work, do they? Now, what this box, this is a very special box, because this has got my Christmas tree lights in. And uh, this morning, I went up into the, uh, into the loft, and I got the box of Christmas tree lights. Now, any mums and dads know that the, the first thing that causes tension or that makes you a bit nervy is when you un try to unravel your Christmas tree lights, and they're all really tangled up, and it's an absolute nightmare. Do you think you can help me? See what you can do. Brilliant. Yeah. That's it. Is it working? Pull it a bit harder. <laughs> Need to get it over here at least. And, and the big thing that actually causes tension is 
bit more, bit more, bit more. You don't know what's going to happen when you first plug your Christmas tree lights into the socket, do you? And some years, you plug, it, plug them in and nothing at all happens. Now, I'm hoping, I haven't tested it, I, I'm full of faith. So I'm hoping that this year, when I plug it in, they'll work and I won't have to go around every single little lamp to discover which fuse is blown. So can we reach? Can we reach? We're almost there. Here we go. Hold on up nice and high. This is the grand switching on of the Peterson Christmas tree lights. Are we ready? Three. Oh, we need a countdown from five. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, they work. Fantastic. Fantastic. That's great. Oh, we'll sort the knot out later, I'm sure. So I can have those lights switched on. We'll leave them there because they're very pretty. We'll leave them on for a little bit. There we go. But it's a problem with those lights because sometimes you do switch them on and nothing actually happens because one of the bulbs gone. The light seems to go out. And then we've got these candles here. And they're fantastic. They look beautiful. We've lit the first of the Advent candles at the start of this new season called Advent as we prepare both for Christmas and also we think about the fact that one day Jesus will return to the world. But even these candles, eventually, they'll run out. The taper and the, and the wax will all run down and the candles will go out. Well, we're thinking this morning about Jesus as the light of the world. And although we've got our Christingles, which are a really helpful image of light, and Jesus is the light of the world, maybe the candle isn't the perfect image. Maybe the sun is a better image. Now, the sun, can you see the sun, anyone? Andy, is the sun there today? Uh, is he right? Is the sun there? Andy, they all tell me that the sun is there. It might be behind the cloud, but the sun is still there. The sun is still shining wherever we are, whatever we're doing. And sometimes with Jesus, we may not be able to feel him really close. We may not be able to sort of see him physically, but he is still there with us. And that's what we're thinking about this morning. And we've got a, a verse to help us, a memory verse this morning. So Ian's going to put it up on the screen. And uh, between us, we're going to make sure we've learnt this thoroughly by the uh, end of the next few minutes. So, here's the verse. There you go. So, the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And that's from the beginning of John's Gospel. So, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the beginning of the New Testament. John 1, verse 9. Now, to help us to um, learn this, um, I need to get you involved and make sure you know when your birthday is. Now, who knows when their birthday is in the year? Some of you, some of the children do, some of the adults have forgotten. So, some of you have had so many that you shouldn't really have forgotten. Uh, anyway, sorry, I won't be rude. Um, so, if your birthday is between the 1st of January and the 30th of April, you, in this instance, will be saying the first line because it's in red. If your birthday is between the 1st of May and the uh, 31st of August, you will be saying the line that's in purple. 
And if your birthday is between the 1st of September and the 31st of December, you will be saying the line that's in green, and then we'll all join in with the label, because the label's really important. We need to know where things are in the Bible. So John 1, verse 9. But it's going to be a bit more complicated than that, as you'll see. Um, what we're going to do, so if you're able to, I want you to stand up as you say your particular line. Okay, so we're going to have a, a test run in, in this order. So the reds, you need to be ready. Fortunately, mine's in January to April, so I'll uh, start you off. So we need to stand up as we say that first line. Then you sit down, and then the purples stand up, and then they sit down, and then the greens stand up, and then we all stand up to say John 1, 9 at the end. Got that? Good stuff. Here we go. So, reds, anyone with a birthday, January to April... Stand up and say, the true light. Oh, that was, that was absolutely dire, that was. That was an absolute, absolute shambles. I, I, blame, I blame January to April. I think we're a bit poor getting it going. So I think let's, let's swap it round, shall we? Ian, let's, let's swap it round. Um, so, I think, that, I think the purples will be able to pull this off, because they're starting, so we won't have to wait for another cue. So let's see how we get on this time. Now, it's fairly simple. We've all only got one line and then the label at the end, so we should be able to manage it. So, let's see. So, September to December, are you ready? You remember, you stand up, you proclaim boldly the true light, and then you sit down, and then the uh, purples will come in with, that gives light to everyone. So, are we ready after three? Peter's ready a bit too keen. After three, one, two, three. That gives light to everyone. John 1, verse 9. Well, that, that was a big improvement. That was a big improvement. But I, I, I think we can do a little bit better. In fact, I think we're going to make it a bit competitive. We're going to have um, a time challenge, and we'll see how quick we can get through the whole one. I reckon we can probably do it in about seven seconds. Reckon we can do it in about seven seconds? Okay. So, again, after three. This, uh, we'll swap it round again, shall we? We're on the third one. Have we swapped it around? Yep. Okay, so this time, reds, you do it. So May to August, you're doing the true light. September to December, that gives light to everyone. Are we ready? Three, two, one, go. That gives light to everyone. John 1, verse 9. Uh, 7.6. Seven Too slow. Let's go back to the first one, I think, the very first one, because. Um, I think they'll have learnt their lesson from a slow start. So, just reset the stopwatch. Here we go. This is going to be your last chance to beat seven seconds. So, January to April, are you ready? Three, two, one, go. Seven point two. 
<laughs> oh well. Keep, keep practicing. Keep practicing. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. And we'll be thinking more about that as we go through our service. What happened when Jesus was, Jesus was living on this earth was that the authorities, they tried to snuff him out. They tried to snuff the light out. But what happened, of course, was that even though they had him dead, they killed him on the cross, but three days later he came back to life. And that's part of the reason we can know that he's with us now. We'll think more about that as we go. Helen. I was really struck by the words of that song we had at the very beginning. It was a very simple chorus, and uh, I discovered it was written a uh, hundred years ago. It was written in 1918. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And I thought, well, that's a fantastic song, but, you know, what's it all about? It talks about turn your eyes upon Jesus, yeah, look, look to Jesus... Look full in his wonderful face. That's imagery of looking to Jesus. Uh, the things of earth will grow strangely dim. Now, it seems to be suggesting that as Jesus becomes brighter and more important in our lives, that other things will become less important. So I thought we'd put that to a test. So I've asked three people to come out and help me to see if that might be the case. If some things have become less important as Jesus has become more important. So, Rafi and Joseph and Eloise are going to come and, uh, and help me. And I think they've each bought either an item or, they've got a good excuse not to have an item, to be able to tell us how this works out in their lives. So, I wonder. Let's, let's start with um, Joseph, shall we? So, tell us, uh, you'll need that microphone there. One on the stand. So, just tell us what you've bought along and um, why it's something that's been really important to you, first of all. So this is my iPad, and I got it, I don't know, four or five years ago. And it was important to me be sure, purely because of the amount of time that I spent on it. Um, I spent hours and hours a day just looking at this, not really, really achieving anything, just getting entertainment out of it. Okay, and you've still got your iPad, so it's still mm -hmm. something that's part of your life. Yeah. But how has it become less important as Jesus has become more important? So it's become less important, I guess a, a practical bit of that is the amount of time that I spend on it is greatly reduced and the amount, that I've, the amount of time I dedicate to God is greatly increased. Um, and I guess the more time I've spent with God and the more time that I've dedicated to God, the less I've found a need for this because looking at the, um, the disproportionate, like how great God is in comparison to just one little electronic device, it, does, it doesn't really compete God's love to that. So I just haven't found a need, really, to, to look at it or to use it. Brilliant. Thank you. If you can hand the uh, microphone over to Eloise. Now, you've not brought anything with you, but there's a reason uh, for that. No, I'm so not tell slacking. Us, tell us what was import, really important <laughs> to you, maybe a few years ago, and why has that become less important as Jesus has become more important? All right, so I just brought myself today because um, <laughs> I think uh, what was more important to me a few years ago was perhaps what other people thought of me. Um, I, I kind of cared about what everyone was thinking and what everyone was saying and I kind of thought you know I had to conform to everyone else and I kind of took up quite a lot of my time is worrying about what everyone else was thinking and now yeah. So. And you do that less now and how, is, do. how do you feel that God has helped you with that? Well because it kind of makes me realise that it's not actually important what people think here um, like the only the only person that matters to you know to me is like Jesus is what Jesus thinks of me what God thinks of me so 
you know, my worldly life here is nothing compared to what it's going to be in heaven, you know, so wow, it doesn't matter. Amazing, trying to isn't it? Fantastic. Conform. Thanks, Eloise. And Rafi, we've got some very slightly different questions, haven't we? But I know you've been uh, preparing. So you're going to tell us, thank you so much for helping out, what you really like doing, what, what sort of things you really like doing. When I like going to the skate park and doing stunts and all of that kind of things. Sounds like fun. And you yeah. brought your, brought your uh, bike with you, your scooter with you as well. And um, how do you think your life is different with God in it? Well, he's helped me, well, he's given me courage to do things. Like, when I was pretty young, when I first started going to a skate park, there was this small ramp, and, my, and God really encouraged me to go down there, and eventually I did. Okay, so gave you courage, okay. Have you got another, another thing you can tell us about, about the, about the cake? Oh, cake. Um, I really enjoy eating cake. I really enjoy eating cake, but it was my brother's birthday. Oh, so, so your I didn't brother had a birthday cake? Yeah. And, and you were a little bit tempted to go and eat steal it. a piece? Yeah. Yeah. And, and did you? No. So I think God helped you yeah. to resist the temptation there? Yeah, he did. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank you so much. Isn't that great uh, to hear from, from young people? Thank you. So for all three of them, there's a sense in which the things of earth have grown strangely dim in the light of God's glory and grace. Glory and grace, they're sort of religious words a bit, aren't they? But, but they're all about just the, the wonderful um, person that Jesus is and all that he brings to our lives. So I just encourage you to think this morning, are there things in your life First of all, that were once important, but have now become less important because of Jesus? Or are there things in your life that perhaps are too important at the moment because the Jesus sort of dimmer switch is turned down a little bit? And maybe there's a need to turn the Jesus dimmer switch up and the other dimmer switch down. Helen.